Chase Kitty's the host of the Lion's Edge podcast. Chase, have you ever done that cupcake hack before where you split it in half and plop the bottom on top of the icing? You have a cupcake sandwich? I have not. I'm, I'm learning all kinds of new things tonight. Yes. I think the most offensive thing that I learned was that uh, Trista doesn't find Scarlett Johansson attractive. She has been I she, shut it down after. She's that been one. ruffling feathers all night, man. She is. She's just stirring the pot tonight. If someone's hit or miss, yeah. they're miss. <laughs> There's if levels that's to your this. Miss, I don't know what to tell you, man. <laughs> There's right. levels to this. All right, Chase. Let's get to business here. We got we got money to make here. Let's start with the first wild card weekend game, wacky wild card weekend, or whatever the hell we're calling it. We got the Seahawks. They go from ten to nine and a half point dogs on the road, taking on the Fighting Brock Purdy's total in the game forty two and a half. Any lean or any play here for you, Seattle, uh, San Francisco? It feels high for for San Francisco, I, and I think everything we understand about numbers kind of bears that out. Because doesn't everybody want to bet San Francisco at this point? I think they're since Brock Purdy came back uh, six and zero straight up, five and one against the spread. Everybody wants to bet them, and so you know whatever the number, like the true number, should be, it's probably a little juiced up from that. So you're already making. A, an analytically square play if you're on that side, even if it's not like a market square play. Uh, we're, we're seeing the number move towards Seattle because it's come down from from 10 to 9.5. So I, I wouldn't want the exposure with the Seattle side, but I suspect that that's where I would lean if forced to take a position in, in the game on a side. I do think I like the under. Uh, it feels like a San Francisco ball control run the game. It's kind of kind of style of play. It's... Uh, the third time they're playing this year, it's an NFC West divisional game. So if anything in this game, I think I like the under. Feels like there's better spots on the board for for me this weekend that I like better. Yeah, I want to talk, Chase, to you about the Jaguar game because I think that's my favorite game yeah. of the weekend. I don't know if that's like a popular take, but listen, I've had some unpopular takes tonight, so I'm not too worried about it. Uh, Chargers have gone from one to one and a half. I don't know what that means. I don't know if that's injury news or if that's just the market going in that direction because the money's coming in. I actually like the Jags at home in this spot. Uh, what do you think? I'm with you, Trista. I am also on the Jags here. Uh, so this opened Chargers two and a half. And right out of the gate, anytime I see an opening two and a half, I'm like, I kind of know what's going on here. It's just one of those numbers uh, where it's it's so easy to immediately gravitate right toward the the favorite two and a half because you're on on the uh, easy side of that three there, but it there's there's the handicapping part of this and then there's the football part. The handicapping part is the line is moved toward Jacksonville despite the fact that a majority of the tickets are on the Chargers. That's the easy part, right? And just just the idea that that the Chargers are like the the quote unquote hot team going into the playoffs. I think sometimes, like the Packers win in 2010, and ever since then we're looking for a hot team. And I, I guess you could throw the Giants in there as well, 10 to 15 years ago now. But it, it feels like we overvalue that style of playoff approach. The the f- weird football side of it that I don't quite know what to do with is what happened in Denver last week. I think they were trying to win that game at the start. Now I know they eventually started sitting some guys late. Uh, and I know that Staley said going in, hey, if we've got the five seed, like we're good here. We, we you know, yeah. we don't care. But they went into that game playing most of their guys. This isn't even a comment on, you know, they got some guys hurt that didn't need to play in the game. It's just they were trying to play. I, I think maybe it was because they were trying to keep the momentum going. And then they lost. They pulled guys late. They lost. 
it, it just feels like a weird vibe to me. And the number already says Jacksonville. So to me, th- this is a spot where I feel like I trust the Jags coaching staff more. I feel like both of the rosters are kind of volatile. I like the Jaguars, uh, and I think I'll fade sort of the public love affair with the Chargers. Yeah, I'm with you too, but I, I do tend to like teams that are hot going into the playoffs, but you also have to look at situations like that. And also, Brandon Staley is a crazy person, so you know he'll probably make a horrible decision in that game anyway, Chase, and that will yeah, uh, eventually ruin them. Although then again, Mike McCarthy could make the same similar, you know, uh, that type of decision for the Cowboys against Tampa. The lines move slightly now. It's down to Tampa plus two and a half. It was Tampa right a field goal. I did take Tampa when they were plus three. I, I, and maybe it's a little bit of recency bias here, or maybe it's just my hatred for the Cowboys, one or the other. It's fine, uh, but they looked awful against Washington, and I would have loved to, as a Commanders fan, talk trash about it, but the Commanders are terrible, so I just kind of let it go and decided to just bet against them in the playoffs, but you know, with what you saw that last week of the regular season, and, and certainly some issues, some inconsistencies with their defense, Dallas, it could be a really strong defense. They can make some horrible mistakes. Dak at times can look uh, just confused out there and then sometimes make big plays I it could this be the same Dallas team that we've seen over the last few years get in the playoffs and then you know lose their first game I understand Tampa is what they are this year but you you also then have the Tom Brady effect of this this is one of those games where I feel like you can kind of really swing yourself in either direction if you want to where are you right now um I want to answer your question but if I could circle back to you Nick for one second does it feel like a lot of people are on Tampa with you, and does that make you nervous? Yes, a little bit it does. Absolutely it does, 100%. But I look at that and say, okay, Tom Brady's 7-0 and against Dallas, and we know Mike McCarthy has looked in the playoffs, one, coaching them, and two, Dallas's track record in general. But again, I also admit that there's a little bit of an emotional side there, too. I don't like the Cowboys, so I would love to see this actually come through. But yes, it does make me a little bit nervous because we've seen this before. And by the way, Tampa does, has not looked good this year. Like, I, I recognize the fact that this team is only in the playoffs because their division stunk. So my handicap at the beginning of the week was I, I like the Dallas side here. I love the idea that I get to go against a popular Tampa team that's been kind of a punchline for most of the regular season. But now because of the matchup and because of the week 17 and 18 results, like people are maybe a little bit off of Dallas and a little bit more willing to buy Tampa Versus you go back six, eight weeks ago, Dallas was like a legit Super Bowl, mm-hmm. wow, this defense can beat anybody kind of team. So the the, the public sort of narrative and, and feeling about this Dallas team has changed pretty dramatically uh, over the course of the, of the latter half of the season. And Dallas has given them good reason to. Like, this is not a total takedown of, of public opinion. Like, the, the defense has had some injuries, but they've also not played well. Dak, despite the fact that he missed, I think, six or seven weeks in the front half of the season, is tied for the league lead in interceptions. There are some real problems here. But for me, I feel like Dallas is the better team. I feel like they have the higher ceiling. I feel like they have the higher floor. I can't believe I'm saying this about a Mike McCarthy team, but I feel like they have a coaching advantage uh, just because I feel like Todd Bowles has, yeah. has been – very unimpressive this year with the roster that he's had uh, some, some shortcomings on, on their you know roster and injury front as well. But it just feels like I'm getting more things to like with Dallas. And because of the way the season ended, particularly with the Washington loss, uh, it, it feels like I get to buy low on Dallas. The handicap for me on Monday was 
I'm not going to buy this at three, even though I like the Dallas side. If it goes to two and a half, I'm in. Mm-hmm. Now it's at two and a half, I'm in on the Cowboys. Chase, what about this uh, Giants-Vikings game? We just saw this actually on Christmas Eve. Minnesota won, I believe, 27-24. It was a field goal game. Uh, Giants three-point dogs, totals 48 and a half. Any play for you here? I wonder if the Vikings have become uh, shades of the Cowboys conversation, though the nuances are different, certainly with the Vikings. I wonder if if we've downgraded the Vikings too far now. We're talking about covering a three at home in a playoff game. Like against the Giants, against Daniel Jones. I know they're coached well. I know Jones is is only now sort of rightly getting the credit he he deserves as being more of a running threat. Uh, I know the roster in, in New York is underrated, but it's still the Vikings at home. And like, I don't know how to quantify the whole magic 11-0 in one score game thing, like but it is real at, after a certain point. It becomes a self-fulfilling prophecy when you win that many games in that style of closeness. I, I think guys believe in that. And to get the Vikings at home at a relatively short number against the Giants who are a flawed team, I do think that the Vikings are, are the side I would be interested in. I haven't made the bet because I kind of had the same handicap. It looked earlier in the week like the Vikings were going to be the team that went to two and a half. I think I saw... Uh, I think I saw the Giants plus three, minus 120 at a lot of books. And it's since sort of stabilized at, at three even uh, across the board, minus 110. So that one might never get to two and a half like the Cowboys one has. I definitely buy in at Vikings two and a half. Right now, I'm just kind of in wait and see mode, but I lean toward the Vikings. How do you price in the possibility that Lamar will or will not play against the Ravens versus the Bengals? What do you do here? Yeah, uh, probably the most interesting handicapping question of the week. I I think when we saw six and a half, to me, that was a Tyler Huntley number. If I I, I tried to put myself in in John Harbaugh's shoes and think, if I'm him, how would I handle this week? And I think what I would do is let's take the weird contract potential stuff off the table because I have no idea how to quantify that. But if if it's just a straight injury stuff, I think Lamar's – maybe going to practice this week at some point. Uh, you, you leave him tagged as questionable. Maybe you t- leave Tyler Huntley tagged as questionable. Just create as much confusion as possible for the Bengals. But the, I think the, the more interesting insight that I had in the game was that we just watched the Ravens and Bengals play in week 18. We saw the outcome. We saw the Bengals win by double digits. For a lot of last week, this game was at six and a half. And the book comes right back out after that game and hangs it at six and a half again. And everybody predictably is on the Cincinnati side of it. To me, that is an opening to go bet Baltimore with the caveat that I have no idea what's going on at quarterback. But I think even if we get Tyler Huntley and not Lamar, I think six and a half, there, there is a road to, to a, you know, a competitive game and a nice cover there. If we do end up getting the Lamar scenario, then you feel great about the plus six and a half. Now the game's gone to seven because, um, you know, that was the handicap I had at the beginning of the week. Now at seven, like you feel even better about buying in with the full seven uh, on the Ravens. So for me, the Ravens were the first bet I made this week, just because regardless of the quarterback situation, I felt like the number sort of keyed toward Baltimore. Chase, only got about a minute here, but I do want to at least get into some college football quickly with you. We obviously saw what Georgia did last night in the national title game. Plus 250, the favorites to win the national title next year. Ohio State is 6-1. to one. Alabama and USC are both at plus 700. Where's your early lean? What are your thoughts on those numbers right now? I did a big write-up for the BetMGM blog on this today, actually. I thought it was really interesting that after last year, 
the, the great, you know, title fight that Georgia and Alabama had, they were both hung as plus 200 virgin opener going into this year's title odds market. Now Georgia doesn't have that co-favorite in the market and yet they are still a longer favorite than they were last year. I think that's interesting and sort of has a market implication that Georgia could fall off. You know, we haven't seen a three-peat in college football, I think since Minnesota in the 1930s or 1940s. Mm-hmm. So I would be looking down uh, down the table a little bit for somebody else. Yeah, especially seeing Nick Saban's face on that set on ESPN when Georgia yeah. was just getting all the praise. And he, I think yep. Alabama's probably going to win the national title just because of that alone. Nick Saban is so angry to be a part of that. Chase Kitty, host of the Lion's Edge podcast. Make sure you subscribe and check that out. Always good talking to you, buddy. Thanks, Chase. Thanks, Thanks Chase. Yeah, I seeing that was just enough to say. Uh, yeah, that was that's that's an angry Nick Saban without yeah. question. So it was it was it was entertaining though. I'm yeah. not gonna lie. Oh yeah, he called last year a rebuild year. They yeah. played in the championship yeah. game. Uh, I mean, listen, look at all the talent they have. Although half it's going to TCU, PJ. The frogs. Bet MGM the night.